Hey. Hello, friends. Yes. How are y'all doing? We're back. By the time, wow, by the time y'all will hear this, hopefully we'll have a an answer in these elections. Um, yeah. So hopefully we would have voted out the devil. And um, if not, I will be weeping profusely and packing my bags and moving to Canada. So remote work is available. Move, thank God. But hopefully, you know. You motherfuckers came out to vote him out. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah, the most ghetto election that's ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. Ghetto election. I mean, truly, um, truly ghetto. Um, you can tell nobody trusts the system no more. Everybody done voted mad early. I was like, two weeks ago, I people were like, like voted. I'm like, goddamn. <laughs> like, like, well, then, bitch, I just got my valley. <laughs> it's like, I thought I was early, but you early, early. <laughs> like, like, y'all don't play them games, huh? Yeah. Mm, and as you shouldn't, gotta take this stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. But, woo, it was not, <laughs> we was not playing around this year. And hopefully, the results will be in the best favor of this nation. So with that, um, yeah, welcome to Tinseltown Tea, y'all. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm Judith, you know, Corey, the beautiful Corey. Um, yeah, you know, this is the podcast. We are on a journey to get into that writer's room, to have our films, to have our TV shows, to have our podcast, to have all the things written and made and produced. That's what we're fitting to do. And this podcast is to also help you along in that journey. Um, if y'all listen every week, you know, we start off with a would you rather, then we go into a no better, do better. Of course, that is to give advice of tidbits of what we learned, um, to encourage you to lift each other up, maybe even remind you of some things if you forgot. Then we go into the news segment and, you know, we highlight all the news of the day, mostly from Shadow and Act. Shout to Shadow and Act. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's a trade publication that focuses on black and brown um, news in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we have the main segment and, you know, it can switch up with the main segment. Sometimes we do an educational one, which is what we're doing this time. Um, sometimes we do a review. Sometimes we do an interview, you know, anything and everything. Um, we talk about in this main segment. And then of course, our last segment is niggas you should know. We just give a shout out to anyone in the industry, whether it's a director, artist, DP, actor, uh, writer. We give them a shout out, especially if they black and brown and they're doing their thing. And they should be people you should look out for. Or if you haven't known, already know. And you know, these are niggas you should absolutely know. So with that, with the rundown of the show, Corey's got the would you rather this week. Go ahead, girl. What's the would you rather? Yes. So it's still spooky season in my mind. So this one's going to be a little weird one, a little spooky, creepy one. Let's do it. Um, would you rather have a clown that only you can see and this nigga follows you around everywhere and all he does is just stand silently in a corner and stares at you all the time? doesn't do anything, doesn't say anything, which I think is creepy because it's like, bitch, why are you staring? He just never, <laughs> he never speaks to you. He doesn't even touch you. Terrifying. He just, everywhere you go, there's, there's always a corner everywhere you go. Even if you're outside, there can be a corner. And he's just there staring at you everywhere. You can never escape him. At night, 
He's in the corner of your room. When you wake up, you'll see him there just staring. That's but only oh, you can see him. So God. only you can see him. That's what makes it worse. And he looks like it. See, that's see, that so, damn. <laughs> of the scariest clown, Ooh. I think the scariest clown right now is it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, only Ooh. you can see him. He's always there staring at you uh-huh. in the corner. Never touches you, never says anything. He just yeah. stares. He's always there. Only you can see him. Or would you rather have a real life stalker okay. who dresses like the Easter Bunny and it's the most flamboyant Easter Bunny costume in the world? Everyone <laughs> can see him and he's also everywhere that you go, but everyone else can see him too. Oh, that's hard. I would, I guess, take the latter because everyone else can see him. So, like, there's this intended, like, it feels like that's a bit safer because people know he's around. So, he starts popping off, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna get your ass whooped. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll show up again. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, uh, God, I think I would rather have everyone else see him as well. So I don't feel crazy and like, I don't know, fighting the thing that I can only see and it's it and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that just feels so much more isolating. Not to say, I mean, stalkers in general, like, fuck stalkers, get a life, hate them all. <laughs> Uh, but um, I yeah, I guess I would. T- yeah, I would take the option because he'd be always in the bunny costume because you'll always see him. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just like name him and talk to him. You know, like I see you there, Bruce. <laughs> weird again, still weird, but you know, enjoy see the you game tomorrow or see yeah. you in five minutes. <laughs> right, see you in five minutes. Six feet, social distancing, <laughs> niggas. Six feet. Goddamn. Where's your mask, nigga? <laughs> Because he's talking to me, Come he on. can't wear a mask. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so yeah, I would go. I would go with the the latter version, which is like the the guy who stalks you, but everybody can see him. How about you? Yeah, I think I would do that because the Easter Bunny uh, doesn't scare me, but it looks yeah. a bit if I'm just always there. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now I, you just have to put me in an insane asylum. His okay. ass is gonna do that in the corner. <laughs> I'm gonna be in my padded cell and he's gonna be sitting there looking at me and be like, oh my God. My that, God. It would just be a mess. Torture. torture. Absolute be- torture. So yeah, I do the Easter Bunny and then we'll just have to chop it up. Yeah. You trying to go out for drinks or something? Right. Let's go. You might as well feed you. you. Your ass always talking, we might as well feed your ass. You never leave. You never leave. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I mean, if he's like insane, then that oh, would change yeah. things. But I'll yeah. make him not insane. I'll make yeah. him just, just a stalker yeah. that will just Ooh. not leave you alone, Ugh, which God. is still not good. It is, yeah. Ugh. It's the lesser of the two evils. I think. Yeah, yeah, that is sure. That is funny stalker for the win. Yeah, the lesser of two evils for sure. The lesser L. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move on to the new No Better, Do Better. Lord, help me. No Better, Do Better. All right. So this week, um, yeah, it's pretty simple. I just think sometimes we forget, like, especially those of us who are, like, screenwriters, like, we really want to get that script done, as we should. Everybody wants to get their script done, their pilot, their feature, their whatever they're working on. But there's other forms of writing that can, you know, help start creativity, that can... um, really help you with your um, writing muscle memory um, and also just to 
just to help you practice your creative muscle, quite frankly. So um, my know better, do better is uh, look at other forms of writing. So look at poems, short stories, you know, people, so many people have written web series, children's books, novels, etc. Look at all those other ways of storytelling to kind of help you, especially if you're in a writer's block, or if you have an idea and it might, it might be better in a different form that you might not be thinking of and could change the scope of your, your show or your movie. And a lot of times creators use it as like a template um, to even showcase something that they're pitching, you know, a lot, you know, we've seen it with, you know, Issa Rae, you know, she did her web series, The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. And then, you know, parlayed that. Of course, there were some steps in between. I'm shortening it up, but, you know, it's insecure. It's based off of what we see today. So don't think that, you know, writing is writing is writing. So get, if you are a novelist, write that novel, write those poems, write those short stories. Like, don't, you know, don't limit yourself. And, you know, sometimes when you need a break from just writing scripts in that format, it's good to just write, like, a quick poem just to, like, let it out music lyrics you know some of us are you know really talented in that way so yeah look at other forms of writing it's helpful in terms of you know flexing that creative muscle and you never know what kind of ideas will come out when you change the format so yeah that's my no better do better y'all facts i totally agree because screenwriting can get very ill at times (laughs) and for me i personally like novel writing better it's more Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. fluid and for screenwriting there's so much formatting that goes into it and there's so much planning before at least for me before you can actually sit down and write right so um I definitely agree with doing other types of writing just to remind you that hey this can be fun um because it's a little bit more fluid and you can literally just sit and write with other forms because they're not as like formatted and outliney and stuff like that and it will kind of get you out of ruts like judith said that you may be in um if you just you know write a little poem write a little song or something and who knows it could inspire you to come up with the next you know next great hour-long drama or some shit so let's do it she i'm all for it Um, okay, so great, no better, do better. Moving on to the news. We have some news for y'all asses today. It was so many good news stories. It was very hard to narrow it down. So nice. much to happen over the last week in terms of black and brown folks. But I'm gonna try to move through and not take two hours to talk about all this shit. So first, we have Mr. Tyler Perry, the one that y'all love to hate, but mm. hey, the nigga is doing what he got to do. And I'm actually very proud of him. And he's actually very inspirational. So he is. Um, whether you agree with his work or not, he's very inspirational. And he always inspires me whenever I hear him talk at war show, just anything. He always yeah. inspires the hell am I is, So, okay. So he has faced obviously his fair share of criticism. And this is from Shadow and Act, which was um, mentioned earlier, we do all of our stories from here. So he's faced criticism for his lack of writing storytelling as well as lack of a writer's room and directors, which I think we talked about before, which is kind of mm. ghetto. Um, he <laughs> says he's open to bringing in more talent. Well, come on! With variety. He said he's ready to bring in fresh, exciting talent for his very series. Thank the Lord. Come on. When you're as rich as this man, there's no reason why you should be doing trying to do everything yourself. Like Truly. that's po-fo that's popo shit. Okay. You do everything yourself when you can't afford to hire other people. So once you get the monkeys, you need to be spreading the wealth. 
and putting other folks on. Not saying he doesn't put people on, but right, right, right. just now getting writers and directors. Right, right. Come on now. Mm-hmm. But anyways, some adult. Um, so Michelle Sneed, who's the president of production and development for Tyler Perry Studios, also added that she and Perry are excited about the young up-and-coming filmmakers and new writers that we're working with. So they're working with some young folks. Nice. Oh, great. Nice. They're fostering and developing talent, which is always important. Um, he's solidified, or Tyler has solidified his place in the industry. His brand is amazing and continue to grow that. Then on the other side, we're working on promoting, providing a platform, and advocating for his new talent, both in front of and behind the camera. So that's nice. That is um, good. Yeah, okay. So okay, it just okay. goes on about his interview with Variety and different quotes that he's had, and it also kind of gives you the background of the critiques that he's had. And we've talked about, um, he had like a tweet talking about how he didn't have writers. I think we talked about that before. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, he has a history of, you know, not trying to do everything himself. And I totally get it. Sometimes you got to do that when you're on the up and up, but nigga, you're at the up. So yeah, that's good So I am glad. So I am, that's my dog. So I am glad that yeah. he is, you know, giving some new peeps opportunities because that's what it takes. I mean, yeah. like you have to give people opportunities in order for a new wave of creators to come out. So it's not a lot of black um, creators in his position. So the mm-hmm. fact that he's opening the doors finally for new people to come in is is nice. So That's very happy to see that, Mr. Perry. Hallelujah. I, I want to th- thank God, truly, <laughs> for just bringing in the new talent. And what I pray is that he allows them to develop their voice not necessarily develop their voice into his voice because he has a very distinct voice but you know to really (laughs) right so i you know i hope that he like really puts them on and really you know allows them to do things like continuity and find you know hairstylists who can get the wigs together and um things like Again, continuity. I just pray for continuity yes. and everything. So, um, get on the boat. Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> like, of the century, how did Taraji get back on the boat? Anyway. <laughs> like, at the end of the movie, just end it. Like, uh, we're okay. talking about acrimony, guys. If you don't know, the question is, how did she get back on the boat? We would love, inquire minds would love to know. True. Maybe his new writers would have been able to. That's catch right. That and then, new writers wait, and directors. How did she, Get on the boat again. Right. But you know what? We're excited for you because, yes. you know, we, we still stand. I stand Tyler Perry. I mean, I always yeah. will because yeah, that's what he's done. And yeah. he's, he's done a lot for the culture and having mm-hmm. the first um, major black studio. studio. Black mm-hmm. studio is a big, huge ass. Major. major. Like, I don't think I understand, but one day yeah. I will. And um, this is good for his legacy because it's like yeah. after he's gone, like, you got to make sure this thing keeps going. So the more you bring in new people, the more you can build like, you know, Tyler Perry studios and keep it going for like when you're not there. So sorry about that. Go forth. Yes. Exactly. I totally agree. We got to, we got to keep it going guys. That's what it's all about child. Because like I said, ain't much of us out here as it is. Okay. So next one, um, we talked about this when the news first broke about this project, Concrete Cowboys. It's mm-hmm. a black folk cowboy film starring Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin. Um, it also has some other folks in there, Drew Jerome, Lorraine Toussaint, who I adore, nice. Byron Bowers, and Method Man. Hey, he's getting all the gig. Go ahead. 
Truly. Um, so it first oh. premiered at this year's Toronto International Film Festival and is expected okay. to debut on Netflix in 2020. So um, yeah, Netflix has acquired it finally. Um, so it's inspired by the real life Fletcher Street Stables, which is a black urban horsemanship community in Philadelphia. How cool. It follows 15-year-old Cole, who's played by Caleb McLaughlin. You know who that is. That is the only black kid in Stranger Things. But I mean, they introduced his little sister, but yeah. he was the only black kid in Stranger yeah. Things for a minute. Yep. Love his little sister, by the way. Hope they give Best. her all, all the jobs. She's so good. Um, so yeah, he is played by Caleb McLaughlin, and he's taken to live with his estranged father, Harp who is Idris Elba in North Philadelphia, where he discovers the city's vibrant urban cowboy subculture. Love a subculture story. Come on. Which flourishes despite the surrounding poverty, violence, and encroachment of gentrification. So very exciting. Sounds interesting. Y'all know I love me a subculture. Anything that is exploring a subculture I'm watching. Yep. I love, I mean, I'm from the country, y'all. I used to have a little horse. Um, I didn't ride her ass or his ass, but you know, I, I would like to think that I, you know, dabbled in a Christian <laughs> activity. So, um, I'm excited to see this story about urban cowboys and their little horses. So, <laughs> dabbled in a question about horses, y'all. I'm just, I had a horse fly to hot city. Um, okay, but yeah, I'm very excited that That's Netflix dope. acquired that. It looks great. All the stills that I see from the movie, yeah, still yeah. shots are beautiful. The cinematography looks good. It just Elba has his shirt unbuttoned, and you know what? I cannot be upset. I mean, that's, how? Why? That's why? how you sell a film. Exactly. That's just how you do it. Yeah. I mean, just Elba. It's just Elba. The little and, peep show. Yeah. That's it. And I'm there. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna be watching when it gets on Netflix in 2021, which is in like two months, y'all. Jeez. Ugh. Jesus. Okay. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next one, Kenya Bears will be making his feature directorial debut with Richard Pryor biopic. It's set at MGM. According to Deadline, Bears will direct for MGM, who won the film rights at a highly contested auction. I don't wow. know much about those auction shit. Yeah. That was cool. I mean, so MGM won the film rights at an auction. I have to wow. look into that. Yeah. You guys know about all that film auction stuff? Let me know. It sounds like a yes. cool thing to, to know about. Mm. Um, the film will be produced by Pryor's widow, Jennifer Lee Pryor, via her production company, Tarnished Angel, and Barris via his production company, I never know how to say this, Calabo Inc. Society. Levant Levantine Films, Tori Metzger, will mm. also produce with Adam Rosenberg, executive producing. Mm. So I have a quote here from somebody. It'll say, "Oh, his his uh his widow. Mm -hmm. The way Pryor did what he did with truth and specificity. <laughs> oh my God, I can never say this word. Specificity. Specificity. <laughs> specificity. Yeah. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> that has somehow self-aware and self-deprecating and said with an unmatched level of vulnerability that was the power and impact of his work. Oh, this is actually from King Bears. Pryor had a voice that was distinctly his, and in many ways, comedy since then has been derivative of what he created, agree. To me, this is a film about that voice, the journey that shaped it, and what it took for it to come to be. Mm. So that is exciting. That is exciting. Um, so there was another 2016 film project that had Mike, Mike Epps attached to play. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Lee Daniels was set to direct that film and it had Oprah, Eddie Murphy and Kate Hudson in it. Um, but I guess that didn't go through, but my oh, ex wow. reached out to Kenya Barris via Instagram to try to get a film about Fryer back on board. So oh. I guess it fell through and then Mike Epps reached out to Kenya Barris to get back on board. Now it's back on board. So Congrats. I'll be watching it. And yeah. I wonder if Mike Epps will play Richard Pryor mm-hmm. this time around as well. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, yeah, I don't know if I see it, but sure. I mean, yeah. So. I'm trying to think who else could play Richard. I literally have no idea who could play Richard yeah. Pryor except Pryor. Right. That's like so that yeah, I would have to think think hard long and hard about that. But yeah. yeah. I'll have to do a whole dissertation and sort yeah. and cite my sources because I don't know. Um He's that much of he, a legend. Oh yeah. But if Mike Epps, you know, was attached before, then sure. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do it. But we don't know if he'll be attached to this one. We just know that he's the one who pushed to get this one back on board when the other one, I guess, didn't happen. Okay, that's good. He pushed. Though. I mean, they had Oprah, Eddie Murphy, Kate Hudson. Yeah. Lee Daniels was directing. I don't know what yeah. happened to that. Interesting. Okay, but anyways. All right. Let's look out for that. Mm-hmm. So next one, Batman or Batwoman dropped their first look at the new series. Lead mm-hmm. Javicia Leslie, she was one of our names that you should know, mm-hmm. in the new Batwoman suit. Nice. So if you guys haven't seen the picture on Instagram, you need to get on it. It's been Ooh. everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. So yeah, she replaces Ruby Rose, who is that um that little white girl that y'all was obsessed with from Oh Where yeah. You- I liked her. So she yeah, yeah, yeah. was the I, I guess she would be androgynous. Is that what the word is? Um Maybe. I very beautiful so yeah but she could be like choose one when you can be mass masculine and feminine oh yeah um, and, and yeah, yeah i think yeah. it's androgyny you're right yeah so she was y'all were obsessed with her i mean the guys the girls everyone was obsessed yeah. with her and she played batwoman in the first season of the cw batwoman uh series and she dropped out so now javicia leslie will be replacing her well come on um, jump I believe on we in talked there. about it yep i believe we talked about it when it dropped and the news story dropped but her. they dropped the pic of her in the suit and she looking good at the she beach fire <laughs> like i'm like yo i wasn't expecting her not to be so true but let me tell you something halloween when outside open up you're gonna see a lot of hoes dressed up like that probably not as well done but it's it looks great yeah i mean i'm sure you girls will kill it as well as you can but facts I mean, sis is just, she's, she's giving it to me and I can't, I I mean, I can't deal and I just absolutely stand. Mm -hmm. So look out for, I mean, there's a whole article about it, talking about all the things, but we don't have to get into it. Just Mm -hmm. look out for Batwoman season two on the CW. They don't have a premiere date yet anywhere here. Nope. Not seeing it. So you'll see it. I mean, you won't see the shit regardless. So <laughs> look out for it, okay? Because I know I saw sis all down my timeline and I was not mad at all. Shoot. Okay, so moving on to the BB King by Opic Wendell Pierce will star. I adore Wendell Pierce. That's amazing. Um, so the estate of BB King and Wendell Pierce are both setting the record straight regarding Pierce's announcement of him playing the legendary blues singer According to Variety, the chairman of the estate, Basil Binford, said that an official biopic about the singer will go into pre-production in 2021. The estate considered Pierce 
for the role, but they are also considering other actors, including Kenan Thompson. Oh, wow. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I want Wendell Pierce. Ew. The state is I also want... looking. I love Keenan, y'all. Okay, but I want Wendell Pierce. Come on. I can see. I can see why. Because when, like, Wendell definitely has the act, the drama. He does have the comedy, but the drama. At, we know he gonna bring it. Yes, oh, he's so he's talented. Yeah, it's truly crazy. underrated in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think he looks like BB King a little bit more yeah. than Keenan Thompson. Is, yeah, but, I, can... I mean. If Kenan Thompson get it, then get yeah. your coin. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is a different. Oh, so this is different than the project that Wendell Pierce has actually signed on for. Mm-hmm. He will portray BB King in *The Thrill Is On*, which isn't a biopic, but it's a film about the friendship between BB King and drummer Michael Zanettis. Oh, okay. So okay, so apparently he's not going to be. He's not for sure going to be in the biopic, the official one. But he will be portraying BB King in another movie okay. about his friendship with a drummer. Okay. Well, so, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So he's just clearing the air and letting y'all girls know. Don't quote me. He's not trying to get sued, basically. Um, and say <laughs> he's not trying. He's not trying to get yeah. sued. So, yeah. but I I hope that he you know gets the role of BB King in this yeah. official biopic that is pre is starting for production next year mm-hmm. because. I adore Wendell Pierce and I stand him in everything that I've ever seen him in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he gets it. But if he doesn't, that's fine. It's all good. That's all good. He he will, he will, you know, overcome. (laughs) (laughs) Next we have Daniel Kalua gives more insight into his Barney live action film. So apparently he is doing some type of Barney film project. That's right. Um, he says that it's something that we desperately need right now. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he told Entertainment Weekly that he feels the world needs to embrace the purple dinosaurs. Barney was a dinosaur? Yeah. I have no idea. I thought he was just a big ass motherfucker. I didn't know what his ass was. Okay. <laughs> he was a dinosaur, yeah. Okay. So the purple dinosaurs philosophy of loving everyone. How cute. So <laughs> Barney taught us I love you. And you love me. Oh. Won't you say you love me too? And that's one of the first songs I remember. And Truly happens- bars. <laughs> Honestly. Bars. Okay. And he said, what happens when that isn't true? Mm. I thought that was really hard. I don't know if this is a real quote, but this is so dramatic and hilarious. I thought that was really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why, but it feels like that makes sense. It feels like there's something unexpected that can be poignant. But optimistic, especially at this time right now. I think that's really, really needed. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so okay. <laughs> uh, interesting. So yeah. We made it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm oh, just interested. Like, okay, if it's gonna be live action, are we gonna have like an animatronic, real life looking ass diet? Like, is it gonna be Jurassic Park meets I don't know, like love actually or some shit like i don't even know like well me all the all the well the shows i used to watch for live action like he was just in a suit oh yeah that's true so they'll probably just do the suit i hope they don't do no goddamn uh what's called animatronic because i'll be like "Mm -mm." (laughs) 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 if anything they'll have like a green screen or something like some like yeah i don't like that 
So he just, he was very uh, poetic and vague with his statements. Yeah. And um, yeah, he just said, we need Barney right now. I, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> it's like, he's not. So he he's said he's going to do what he do and we right. will, I will see what's going to go on. I will yeah. watch. Yeah. But it's interesting. I used to fuck up my little Barney VHSs. Shoot, every day. Yeah. I'll come home and pop them shit in. Like, what's yep. up, Barney? We got one of them today. Even yep. though I saw the episode a thousand times and I knew what Barney. was happening in Barney's playhouse. But <laughs> I had to I had to make it a That's surprise right. for myself. So. Yo, Barney's Playhouse. My God. Yep. It should be live and lit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Big next facts. story is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh Netflix has a series, it's animated called My Dad the Bounty Hunter, is set with Russell Hornsby. Yvonne Orgy and more. It has okay. a primarily black cast. It's gonna be action comedy um, from Edward Downing <clears throat> and Patrick Harpin. So the both cast, like I said before, is Russell Hornsby, Yvonne Orgy, Priya Ferguson, who we just talked about. She plays um, the little. She's the only other black person in Stranger Things. She is. Oh yes, the little sister. What is his name though? Caleb McLaughlin's character. Oh, I, can't I forget too. Caleb I want to say. The black woman stranger thing. Hold on, hold on. The black woman stranger thing. Little up. sister. That's who Priya Ferguson is, and that's who I was just raving about earlier. So she's gonna be voicing a character in here. Yvette Nicole Brown, yay! Hey. She's gonna be voicing a character in here. Jacoby Swain, Leslie Ugans, Rob Riggle, and Jim Brash. So the right. log line is: the action comedy series follows the toughest bounty hunter in all of the galaxy, a man with the razor sharp skills, but also a secret. His family on Earth has no idea what he does for a living. So when his two kids accidentally hitch a ride into outer space and crash his latest mission, they discover that their average dad's job is anything but boring. Dodging dangerous aliens and laser fights galore, this family bonding time goes to the extreme. Wait until mom finds out. Oh, that sounds so cute. Yeah, that's adorable. Okay, so Lucas is the name of the character that Caleb plays in Stranger Things, and his sister's name is Erica. Got it. Yes, so that that is who Priya Ferguson is. Please Mm -hmm. remember that name because Lucas is blowing up. I I mean, the deals. The deals. Last season. So Mm -hmm. very happy to see that she is keeping the momentum going and starring in this predominantly Black uh, animated series. Hey, okay. and the and the long line sounds cute. It sounds fun. I was a little like bounty hunter when I saw the name. My dad's bounty hunter, I was like, <laughs> but it's like space shit. So if you're oh, like, okay, bounty okay. hunting aliens doesn't bother me as much as bounty hunting humans. Yeah, so, actual humans on the earth. It's like yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is that animated? Bounty hunters is not some cute type of shit. But they made it all sci-fi and spacey. So sounds adorable. Um, I probably. Mm-hmm. We'll give it a whirl um, just to, to hear. I like to hear, you know, Yvonne Orji's voice and everyone mm-hmm. else's voice. Yvette Nicole Brown, those are my dogs. Yeah. Well, so, guys, they don't have a date on here on the Shadow and Act article, but just know that it's called My Dad the Bounty Hunter, come to Netflix and just look out for it. It'll probably nice. be on there. You know, I don't give, I don't know a date, but I'm just going to say next year, maybe? Sure. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. And yeah. We'll and we'll update y'all. We will definitely update y'all. So the last story we have today is a little weird one. I'm I'm a little confused about the whole thing. So okay. Jody Turner Smith 
the beautiful Jenny Turner Smith will play Queen Anne Boylan in a series. Okay. And the racists are big mad, of course. Because they not? Um, True. So, yeah, so she will play the historical Queen Anne Boylan, who was white, I guess, mm-hmm. in a currently unnamed three part thriller miniseries for UK Network Channel 5. So why are y'all bitches mad about a three-part miniseries? Damn, can she just do it? But it's only three parts. Truly. Um, so Sony Pictures TV will serve as a miniseries international distributor. The cast of the project is also diverse, including I May Destroy You's Papa Eseldu. Come on. Two Week to Live's Elisa Texaria and okay. Jamel Westman who, from West End's production of Hamilton. Nice. The project is written by up-and-coming screenwriter Ed Hederwick Turner and directed by Lindsay Miller. So as you could expect... What's the name of the queen again? Anne Boylan. Okay, I'm gonna look her up to see maybe she was white. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, she was white. They have a picture up here on the channel act. Oh, um, that's why they mad. Okay. So, Anne Boylan, I remember there was a movie, they they do movies about this bitch all the time. Mm-hmm. About this girl all the time. <laughs> <laughs> our girl. Because um, I remember there's something, there's a movie called The Other Boylan Girl. There's like sisters that were queens and they got killed or some shit. Mm-hmm. All these little queens got killed back in the day, child. Didn't it was rough. I y'all. Mm. But as you can expect, the news launched a tirade of Twitter users um, calling foul on Turner Smith as Boylan. Folks in support of the casting also chimed in, resulting in a Twitter batter, Twitter batter, Twitter battle over who can play historical characters. Mm-hmm. So Rob, a white dude, said if Chris Pratt got cast as Shaka Zulu, there would be lynching. But Jenny Turner Smith as Anne Boylan is cool. I don't particularly care, but I don't understand hypocrisy. He also spelled hypocrisy wrong. Um, <laughs> and then and uh should another twitter user who was black said um you cared enough to tweet about it rob <laughs> very true mm-hmm. so all the whites are like why can't a white black actor play nelson mandela why not give the role to a male instead if historical accuracy is neglected anyway um so there's a whole bunch of white people getting mad mm-hmm. but my thing is okay um i i don't I don't know, because when y'all cast, when y'all whitewash ancient Egyptian movies, like, I mean, we say stuff, but do we, do we do the most? I mean, no, because that's what we expect from y'all. I mean, yeah. I saw this movie that was about a Bible story, and I don't give a fuck what y'all niggas say, people in the Bible were black. They okay? truly you were. You can't be white in that region. You need <laughs> melanin. You need it. Ancient Egyptians were black, okay? They had noses like mine, which is why the noses were cut off of the all of the um the sphinx and stuff don't get me started child but ancient gypsies were black i mean the egyptians today are very muddled um color but they were black okay you cannot be in that climate and not be black back then you need the melanin you need it okay um but anyways so when i see an ancient egyptian movie and it has russell crowe in the lead playing somebody from the bible <laughs> and rachel west and, yep. and, and playing somebody else in the Bible and a whole bunch of white folks playing Egyptian, like ancient Egyptians, that seems to me that that's not accurate, mm-hmm. you know, historically, mm-hmm. but you don't see me over here tweeting about it, shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Expected that from y'all. But yeah. I mean... And this is not the first time, like, like, I mean, the reason why Hamilton is huge is because you have people of color playing historic 
historical characters who were white. They, I mean, they all were white. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just be clear. So it's not, I don't know, it's not too far off for me. Also, like, there's a history of blackface um, where it was a long history of minstrel shows where, you know, white actors, the entertainment industry were on purpose making sure that black people were not playing them, them black characters and those characters were always stereotypes or archetypes or you know what I mean? So it's just like, sweetie, <laughs> like, no, like, so yeah, I, I say go for it, be mad. I mean, like they're, they're always mad. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, they would, child, I don't know, because they've been whitewashing shit from, from the get go. So it's yeah. like, why the fuck can we do it? Even with Asian films, you like, come on. Be having like, come what? on. <laughs> come on now. See, I can whitewash all these uh, people who were of melanin complexion. But when they want to pass somebody black as a little, a little white queen, y'all get mad. Okay. Mm, Whatever. So, um, either way, I'm rooting for everybody black. So, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just it, and that's, that's just facts. all. That's it, and that's all, and that's all you need to hear from me, and that's what you should expect to hear from me. So, period. And that's the news. Hey. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, y'all, we are back. Yes, we are. Yes, and we are still very black. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, it's time for the main segment. And um, this week, um, it's an educational one, but it's going to be more of uh, free flowing between me and Corey. It's going to be more like a conversation, um, honestly. And we're going to be talking about, you know, how to establish writing schedules. You know, a lot of us have, a, I know for me, I have a hard time sticking to a schedule. But when I did stick to a schedule, I used to do some things that actually I should implement now so I can get back on schedule. Amen. Um, so yeah, so we're just, yeah, we're just going to have a conversation and talk about the things that are helpful to us. And I know for our journey, even how me and Corey met, um, the best thing for me when I was writing regularly was I joined a meetup group. So the first thing I think people should do is try and find community of writers that you feel comfortable sharing your work. And the meetup gave me deadlines because if I said I was going to share, like my ego got in the way, like you can't say you're going to share and then come and talk about, oh, I don't have it. No, if you say you're going to do it, that gives you motive, me motivation to be like, all right, you have to bring something. So that was a good way for me to motivate me to have a schedule. So I had that deadline and I had other writers, quite frankly, holding me accountable. Um, even though they, they were great. Nobody was like, Judith, you're not right. Like nobody was like, it was all in my head, but it creates a way for you to have accountability so that, you know, you can write better. So that's, that's, you know, one of the things that helped me. That's for sure. What about you, girl? Yeah. I mean, so um pace yourself honestly i am the worst at um establishing habits and there's a book called the art of the habit or something habit that helps you establish habits and it was a good book read it 
did not implement anything. So <laughs> I cannot form habits to save my goddamn life. So um, it's a wonder I have any habits at all right now. Um, that's besides the point. The point is, you should make a habit. And if you are like me and you are bad at making habits, you should definitely pace yourself and break up your writing goals. Yep. So right now I'm writing yep. a book and a book is a lot of work and it is a lot of words and it's yeah. very daunting and you have to write every day if you are writing something that's a lot. So if you're writing a movie, which is like what, 120 pages, bitch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't have to write every day. And yeah. I know I say, I used to say before, you don't need to write every day. And that is true when you're not working on something, like mm-hmm. you can do other things to, to make up for not writing. But if you have a project that you're working on and you need to get it out your head and you just are on go, you want to get it out the way, break it up so that it will be easier for you to stick to a schedule. So for me, I'm doing like, supposed to be doing 10 pages a day, but sometimes I don't feel like doing 10 pages a day. So I do five pages a day, but either way, I'm either doing five or 10 pages a day. So it's like something to work towards. Because think about if you are writing like, a 30 page half hour five pages a day you'll be done in what six days yep yeah. ain't nothing mm-hmm. if you're doing 60 a 60 page um hour long what is 60 by about five you'll be done in, in like eight days or yep. I can't yeah. right now but you'll be done soon mm-hmm. and then if you're doing like a 120 page something you do five pages a day every 10 pages a day you're done in you know less than a month I right, believe. Right. So when you think about it like that, it kind of makes you more motivated to stick to your schedule because sure. then you're like, okay, like I'm getting chunks done every day and it's doable because, yep, yep. you know, writing isn't always fun. I mean, it should be, but it's not always fun. And any yeah, writer would tell yeah. that the shit sucks at times. So yeah. if you're facing yourself, you're breaking up the goals it'll um, motivate you to stick to your schedule and, and get it done every day. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's my tip. So you move into a June tip and we'll just go back and forth and alternate with our different tips. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, yeah, that's a great tip. Um, the next tip that I'm gonna have, know your productive cycle. Um, and that means like, just know when you work best. Like for me, I, I would love to be a person that sleeps in I don't know what is up with my circadian cycle or whatever they call it, but my eyes always pop open at 6 a.m. I do not know why. I wish it did not do that because I would love to just go back into my covers and sleep, but that is not how my body works. So I know actually when I am like, even with working out, I try and do it in the morning because I'm up. I'm, I'm, that's when I'm productive. If I stay up too late writing something, it's going to look like Greek and bad. It's not going to look, I am not, I'm not good. Right. It's going to be bad. You know, I only do late nights only if I have to, because I'm just not as productive as that. Some people are opposite. You got, some people are night owls. Like they can work through the night. They can have these epiphanies. It's great and wonderful. And they sleep and, you know, they sleep at a different schedule. So they get all the rest that they need and they're up and they're working you know everybody's different at, at different you know productive times so don't work against it work with it if you if if you are early bird and you get up and you're you're more productive in the morning try and find some time to do it in the morning if you are not that don't force yourself to fight to get up and try and do all this stuff get your sleep 
when you're up and you know you work well um burning that midnight oil child light it up and get to writing you know what i mean so i think for all of us no matter what that is it's all about knowing yourself and how productive you are do it when you know it's best for you and some i mean for some people it doesn't matter especially if you have other projects if you have 12 different businesses if you got kids less less people got kids kids Woo, Lord. So you have to find, I, I do not have children, but I pray for the parents, Lord. I lift you, I lift y'all up every day. I want you to know I lift you up. It just looks crazy. It looks insane, but also probably a beautiful blessing for most, if not all. That's what I pray. But um, yeah, but w- when you have all those things um, fighting against your time, you have to learn how to get those pocket of, of productivity. So if you know you work well in the morning, try and get it in the morning. If you know you work well at night, trying to do it at night. Or if you know you have to do in between one page here, one page there, do it any way you can, depending on, you know, how you work well and uh, your level of, um, I guess, uh, what things are pulling at you, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's my, that's my advice. The second piece of advice, know your productive cycle and work with it. Very good tip. Definitely. Um, everything she says, absolutely true. I'll piggyback off of that. I'm the absolute opposite. Mm-hmm. I am a creature of the night. I'm a dark bitch. The darkness <laughs> of my time. And that is when I do all of the things. I be up until, shoot, to the sun come up some okay. days. Um, and I've been doing that since I was born. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, so I talk about the Stephen King memoir all the time. It's really inspired me, but he talks about how he writes two hours in the morning that he reads at night. And I was trying to stick to that schedule so hard on myself trying to wake up in the morning. Cause I can sleep in like a bitch because I'd be up all night. So and I was just trying to stick to the schedule of waking up early in the morning and writing in the morning. And it just was not working. I was not sticking to my schedule because I was trying to force myself to do something that my body ain't like. Mm-hmm. So now I was like, fuck that. And I usually like to read when I get up. So now I reversed it. I read when I get up and at night is when I get my writing done. And since then it's just been flowing. I've been sticking to the schedule because I'm not forcing my body and my mind to do something that it doesn't want to do. And Hey, we should get out of our comfort zone guys. So you should force yourself to do things that are uncomfortable for you, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't force yourself to do things that just don't work for you. I mean, we are who we are sometimes. And you know, why should always push yourself? don't force yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. I should always push yourself. Don't force yourself to do things that just don't work with your body. Like I've literally been an eye owl my entire life. So why would I think that I can just switch that up and, and do, and do things differently? It didn't work. So now I'm just doing what I know and that's writing at night because that's when when I do all the things. Mm -hmm. So very good tip. And it's very, very true. Just know yourself, know your mind, know your, your body and listen to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he's speaking to you, you just gotta listen. So very good tip. Mm -hmm. Um, so another one that I have is to create a writing room. I don't have writing room. I have writing space, um, with no distractions. So those places where you can close the windows, you can close the door. So no bitch can come up in there. Like, girl, you got, no, close the door. Put away the phone, turn that bitch off. I don't turn mine off, but I just flip it and put it somewhere. Um, make sure that you have a place where you can write that isn't your bed or something like that because you yeah. need a separate place because it's easy for you to skip out on your schedule or to not stay committed to your schedule if you aren't putting yourself in a position that will make you want to write. 
Because I know if, if I'm riding my bed, it's my bed is um my bed to my mind is sleep and relax. So I'm not gonna get not gonna get things done. So make sure you dedicate a space, and that can be difficult for some people. I totally understand, but there's always somewhere that you can go. If it's in a closet, hey. I mean, shoot, that's the most distraction-free place of all, unless you're like me, over looking at your shoes. And that should be the most distraction-free place of all. Yeah. And I think that's super important that you dedicate a space where you can write because it makes you more inclined to stick to your schedule. Yeah. Um, and it makes you feel like, you know, you got your shit together, which makes you want to stick to your schedule. Right. So I think that's super duper important. It has to be a place with no distractions, you have to be comfortable, but also not too comfortable where you're not being productive. So yep. dedicate the space, do something for yourself, treat yourself, get yourself a space, get yourself a yep. desk, um, a nice little chair, whatever you got to do to have your yep. space so that you're more inclined to stick to your <laughs> schedule and actually want to write and feel mm -hmm. and feel good about writing. So no, yeah. 100%. Rooms, guys. No, 100%. And just piggybacking off what you said, I think I heard... I think Kenya Barris said this one time. It might have been at a um, at a roundtable or a podcast mm -hmm. that I heard him on. But he said, to your point of making sure you have a designated space, is like if you basically if you keep writing at the same time and place, the better you will get at forming that habit. So it's about forming that habit that you at that place in that space, and then your body will always remember, just like you associate sleep with the bed because every time you go into bed it's time to get sleepy when you get mm -hmm. to that spot something happens where you associate it with writing and cre being creative and and doing that thing but you have to build that build that habit yeah, um, it don't happen overnight y'all it, it just nope not no ma'am you, you gotta you have to build discipline so that's that's a part of that so yeah that's a great point and 100 percent correct um yeah for so the next um advice i have for me i'm good with deadlines so if i know if i have an indefinite deadline child i'll never write that thing i'll be like tomorrow eh, tomorrow the day after that like it just be like meh, meh. but if i have a hard deadline um i know for some people um a good deadline to work towards are a lot of the um fellowships some of the writing contests that are out there that is a good concrete goal for a lot of people and they kind of build out from there when they talk about their drafts when they want their first draft done when they want you know feedback to help them as they you know apply for each thing so i know for some people it could be anxiety ridden but you know usually it's helpful to have a deadline because you have a goal and the great thing about that is that you won't be writing it forever for me when it's the re-edits and the re-edits I, I get so discouraged sometimes because it's like, am I going to ever stop editing? Will this ever be done? Like, <laughs> please, I just want to finish it. I just want to be done. Um, and I'm, I'm one that could write and rewrite and write and rewrite. And I'm like, okay, I got to, please, somebody stop me. This has to be done. Um, so yeah, so that can be a good stop for some people, especially if we're like, if we're one of those people who just tinkers around with just two articles and we're just going back and forth in our head and it's just like leave it alone plus you got to get it into the screenwriters guild of contests or whatever you want to call it so um yeah so it's helpful to set a deadline so that you have a time frame you can build it out and you can achieve a goal it's it's also kind of satisfying to achieve a goal and submit it even though it's like terrifying for a lot of folks but it is satisfying to know you put your hard work into something and there is a 
date that you will submit and put something in. So deadlines work very well to help create those uh, writing schedules. Facts. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Deadlines are definitely good. It's, even if it's like a fake one, just do it. If it's, mm -hmm. it's going to help you, just do it. It will definitely make you get in that chair every day or wherever you sit and, and write. So definitely mm -hmm. agree with all of that. Um, so my next one is more of a self-care one. Just be nice to yourself, friends. Yes. Um, your words are spells and so are your thoughts. And yep. the more we speak negative thoughts about ourselves, speak negative words about ourselves mm -hmm. and think negative thoughts about ourselves, we're casting negative spells upon ourselves, friends. Mm -hmm. And that shit is so, so true. Mm -hmm. So just be, and this is something I have to work on. Be nice to yourself. If you miss a day, okay. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, don't be missing like, if you're working on a project yep. that you have to get done, don't be missing like weeks. Mm -hmm. but if you miss a day or two it's fine like yeah. life is going to go on yes the world will keep spinning on its axes mm -hmm. and no one will die hopefully mm -hmm. so so you know just be nice to yourself if yeah. you miss a day because if you just keep beating yourself up beat yourself up you'll become a, you'll have a habit of beating yourself up about not writing and it'll make you not want to write when you think about it because all you Con you're you you're um annotating or connotating all these negative emotions with your writing schedule which in turn is not helping you so yeah. be nice to yourself if, if you miss a day or two it's fine just tell yourself that you're gonna get back on the wagon mm -hmm. the next day and yeah. i swear it will be fine y'all so mm -hmm. a little self-care tip mm -hmm. No, that is perfect. Cause yeah, we have a tendency to, you know, negative talk ourselves sometimes and be hard on ourselves. And you know what? Just, you know, be gentle with yourself, especially now, you know, it's 2020 is something very interesting. It is, it is, <laughs> it is crazy. And so we have to really be gentle with ourselves. Um, and so many things that we come up against and, you know, if you miss one or two days, you know, give yourself a break jump back on it you can always return and continue to write your story because nobody can write your story the way you can so and that's just facts um mm -hmm. so yeah the next tip i have um is try to write for yourself and what i mean for that is like you know number one like write something that you would enjoy so much because you're going to be spending so much time writing it that you have to enjoy it you know if you are not into a certain genre or let's say like don't write to things just because they're trendy now right like before it was a whole bunch of rom-coms and like people are trying to get things sold so i was like all right well i gotta write this rom-com because that's being sold like no write what is passionate to you make yourself laugh write things that will touch your soul or your friend or you know what i mean like really like write to for yourself because that way it can be enjoyable you know it can be an enjoyable experience for yourself you know a lot of times you know there are writing partners but a lot of times we're by ourselves when we're writing and that's why a lot of people avoid it because it can be kind of lonely so if you are constantly working through ideas with yourself or bringing it to other people most of the time you are doing it with yourself so you have to make sure that you love it it's something that reflects your voice put yourself in some of the characters, something that you can stay connected to so that you can have a good time, somewhat of a good time writing your thing, 
and that it could be somewhat enjoyable because we have to be with them for a while and you want to actually try and find a way to enjoy it because writing is hard work it's it is you know what I mean and if we're going to spend that time doing it like you know put yourself in there whatever you if you're a person who likes corny jokes put in a goddamn dad mom joke what who cares like yeah like people will laugh people enjoy that like put yourself in it and write for yourself, your authentic self, because that will help you want to stick with writing, um, finishing your project, whatever it is. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's it on that. Very, very true. And that is just true for just anything. Like Mm -hmm. you should be always doing what you know and putting yourself in things. I think Judith said this before, there's literally no one else on the earth like you and no one can write the story that you're thinking of like you. Mm-hmm. So please put yourself in there. It'll actually make it more enjoyable a little bit and will, that will in turn make you want to write and yep. stick to your schedule. So anything that will make writing more enjoyable is what you need to be doing because that is how you stick to your schedule. Because mm-hmm. if it's not fun for you, then you're not going to do it mm-hmm. the way you're supposed to. So make it fun, guys. Mm-hmm. Do what it do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have another tip that I just thought of for your first draft. And this is totally like on a case by case basis. It's whatever works for you on the first draft, right with the door closed. And what that Mm. means is just write it. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people like to edit as they write. And what that does is that takes you away from writing. Mm -hmm. You're sitting there, you write a paragraph and you freaking edit the paragraph. I know I have a big problem with this. I will write 10 pages and go back and edit the 10 pages instead of continuing to put the rest of the story down. Um, And that works for some people, but for the most part, I would say for the first drafts, don't put so much emphasis on it. Just write with the door closed. Don't show anybody. Just put the idea out of your head onto the paper and just just do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. close the door and keep it closed for your first draft because that will make it not so like so much like work because when mm-hmm. it becomes like something that's very strenuous and yep. menial then you're you're not going to do it um and the moral of the story is if you don't want to do it then you're not going to so mm-hmm. right with the door closed for your first draft it's it's more fun anyway just putting yep. the story yep. down there um and it'll it'll make you stay in the story because when you stay in the story you're excited about the story that is what will keep you writing every single day and bring you back to that desk to continue to write the story. So for first draft, write with the door closed, then you can, then you can show people or not, or then you can start doing little edits, but Mm -hmm. just for your first draft, close the door, get it down and keep yourself in the story engulfed in it because that will excite you and keep you writing um, and keep your schedule going. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll just do my last quick or my last tip really quick, do other things that you don't write um, that will keep you in the mode of writing. So you can analyze a script or analyze a pilot, watch it, analyze it. You can read some scripts. You can read some writing books. There's so many other things that you can do besides writing when days that you just don't want to. So um, you don't have to do these things, but it's good to just keep your mind in the loop. You should always be continuously learning and improving. So that's my last tip is on the days mm-hmm. that you don't write on your schedule, there should be something else in place that will help you with your writing. So yeah, do all the things. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Just piggybacking out. It just reminded me of a, another tip, but this is more in preparation for the writing. I know for me personally, and this goes back to your, um, your point to help you stay 
in that zone um, is an outline. If you have like a really good outline, it's easier to just follow. Cause I know what slows me down is if I'm trying to come up with the story and write it and structure it and put it, it's like, take the time, do an outline. That's the day you're not writing the script. You know what I mean? Like you're preparing to write the script, but you're writing something else that will help you follow it along. And then when you go to the script, you have a blueprint right there that you can follow. And everybody's outline can be a little bit different. You know, there are formats in terms of like treatments and stuff like that. But uh, if, if you are a person that's like, if you're staring at a blank page and all you can think of is the format and stuff, it's like, take that day, do an outline, you know, take that day. Like you said, read a script, take that day, do something a little bit different. So you're not just looking at a script over and over and over, over and again. Um, and yeah, the last piece of advice I'll say is just set reminders for yourself. Um, you know, very simple, very practical. I know I need to do that because things will pop up in life and I will forget. And you know what I mean? So it's just like, Oh yeah, I need that little reminder. I know for me sometimes, even for when I pay the rent, like I'm like, Oh, it is the first of the month. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> rent, rent is due. That is correct. <laughs> so, you know, little reminders, even for the stuff that like, you know, we feel like is common sense. Sometimes life gets crazy. So setting a reminder just to remind yourself. And again, going back to Corey said, like, be gentle with yourself. You know, there's a lot of things happening. If you can, you know, put that schedule in place to make sure that you're doing what you need to do at the right time, at the best productive time and all that stuff. That's great. If you miss a couple of days, you know, don't beat yourself up. There's other things to do. There's the outline. You can, again, what Corey just suggested, there's other things to break up just always writing that script or that book or whatever you're working on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it for that. Just set some reminders, be, you know, gentle with yourself, be, make sure you're doing your true and authentic self, pace yourself, all the things, all the things. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's get these, these projects done. We're going to do it guys. We're going to do this. Yes. Yes. And also, and this is just a tip that I just live life by. Mm-hmm. Stop taking shit. So, so seriously, Child, I think that's a word for me. And this is something that I, yeah, same. I take writing way too seriously. Yeah, and it's like, man. bitch, it's not Have as fun. serious. Lighten like, the fuck up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can literally do whatever you want. I think mm-hmm. people are so caught up in the, I don't, I don't want to do it wrong. Yeah, there's yeah. so many rules and screenwriting rules. Um, that you have to follow in this shit because, you know, you want to get, and the reason why you have to follow these rules is because you want to get validation from yeah, yeah. gatekeepers and hot mm-hmm, So mm-hmm. think about the reason why you're so hung up on these rules. If you're doing your own shit, you're producing your own stuff, then the rules should not apply to you. You don't have to write with the rules because you're doing your own shit. You don't need someone to give you money or you're not depending on somebody to give you a chance because you're yep. giving your own self a chance. So if you're one of those people, um, and even for people who are mm-hmm. depending on, I guess, people to give them a chance, just don't take this shit so seriously. Yeah. Like stop putting it on a pedestal because it's not that serious. Like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be um, a way of expression and a way of, you know, escape. So mm-hmm. if it's not that anymore, then that means that you just need to chill out. <laughs> Honestly, that just means you need to chill out and <laughs> myself asking for a friend, me, um, you just need to chill out. So yeah, that is my yeah, last yeah. tidbit. Chill out. Just have fun with it friends like it should never be the most yeah and if it yeah. is the most then like I said go meditate or something Child. no I totally oh. agree and it reminds <laughs> me Tyler Perry wrote a hit movie 
we still don't know how Taraji got back on the boat. We have no idea. We'll never know. <laughs> but did that stop him from writing it? Absolutely not. No, it didn't. It didn't. So yeah, we shouldn't. It shouldn't stop us. We have some fun, lighten up, and yeah, enjoy your writing. That's great advice. I love that. Yeah, so that I think that's it. a good way to end it. Mm-hmm. Just chill, and uh, yeah, while you're chilling, we'll be back. We'll take a little break. Hey. Hello, we are back for our last segment, our niggas as you know segment. Mm-hmm. We are highlighting some pretty amazing peeps this time. That's right. So I talked about this man. I raved about him earlier. I feel like I rave about millions of people on the show every day. Wendell yeah. Pierce. Yay! Hopefully, we'll be in the official BB King biopic. We'll mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, he he gets that. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Wendell Pierce, you have seen this man. If you haven't, then you don't watch TV or movies like that. Truly, you don't know what you're doing. Um, and I'm interested in why you listen to this podcast if you haven't seen him because you don't watch TV. Um, so he is, you know, known for probably a lot of his roles. He yeah. was in The Wire, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed his role in that. His name was Bunk. Hello, Bunk. Um, <laughs> he was also in something called Stream. He now plays James Greer in Jack Ryan, which is on Amazon, I think, with mm-hmm. um, Jim from The Office. That is not his name, but that is what uh, I Ryan? Oh, I, I have to look. J- not, uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Go ahead and finish it. Wait, wait. Yeah. Jim mm. from The Office plays um the titular character in that um show but Wendell Pierce is also in there he was also mm-hmm. in Suits which uh Megan Mark I believe was on that show yep yep um and then he also was Michael Davenport in Waiting to Excel so that's I mean come most on. of y'all see he's in this I know mm-hmm. I remember that part mm-hmm. he also had roles in Malcolm X Ray mm-hmm. and Selma so he loves him a good historical drama um, he also performed the lead role of Willie Loman in the mm. 2019 production of Death of a Salesman mm. on the West End in London at the Piccadilly Theater. Come on, theater. I don't think they've ever made um, Willie Loman black. I mean, Come on. Always, every time I've seen him, they've always made him white in all the productions. So that's wow. dope. That is that's dope. Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been in, he's been in over 30 films. Hmm. Appeared in nearly 50 television shows. Ooh, Come on. And has performed in dozens of stage mm. productions. He's an actor. He's oh, an actor, okay. Mm-hmm. Also in um, one of the Twilight movies, Breaking Dawn Part 2, which I believe was the last one. So shout out to him. He's Come on. Get that um, check. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been nominated for Independent Spirit Award for Best Male Lead. First portrayal of Joe in four. Um, he's been on the Michael J. Fox show, which mm. I, don't, I think that was short lived. Yeah, that wasn't very long, I don't think. Yeah, I think it was super short lived, but he was in mm. that beach. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was the host of a nationally syndicated radio show, it was a Peabody Award winning radio program. Okay. Come on. Um, and he has appeared in several albums recorded in New Orleans, which is where he's from. He recorded a yep. song with some folks. So I guess he's sing- does he sing? They don't say exactly uh, what he does, but it seems like he has a big jazz background. Yeah. Maybe he sings or maybe he plays some type of instrument. Either way, yeah. I see him. He's done a lot. Yeah. And he's a tricolor man as well. He lives mm-hmm. in Los 
I mean, just New York and New Orleans, though. Go ahead. Yes. And Jim from The Office, who now plays Jack Ryan with Wendell Pierce, his name is John Krasinski. There we go. I'm like, I knew I knew the man's name. Yeah, we knew him. Yeah. I'm like, I knew the man's name, but I didn't know. (laughs) John Krasinski. That's right. Because we're talking about Wendell right now. Okay. We're talking about Wendell. We're talking about Wendell. But I just hate when I call people by their their character names. Because that's how we know them. I know, but I feel like, like oh yeah, Jim, so Jim Halpert from the office. Yeah, Jim Halpert. Like I know him. I don't know him. I feel like that's so rude. I try to, I try to call people by their real names because they need to. Be yeah, it's not about you though, Jim. <laughs> it's about when it is. Period. Sorry, sir, but it's not I about mean, you right has now. been has been killing game. I've seen him yeah. in everything, all the teams. And I hope to see him in all the teams forevermore. Mm-hmm. So, Wendell Pierce, we salute you. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. He's so good. Well, um, the nigga that I want to highlight that you should know, um, her name is Nia DaCosta. And you heard of her because she's an amazing director. Also, if you go to her website, her photo is just it's really artistic and beautiful to me. It, it reminds me of like a Solange album. Like she should be like, it's very simple, but I was just like, yeah. okay, artists, artists, like show them sis. Um, so yeah. So she is a writer and director. She's in New York city. And I'm just going to go straight from her um, website. Um, her first feature film, little woods starring Tessa Thompson and Lily James had its theatrical release in April 19th of 2019 through neon rated. She will be directing her second feature film with the Jordan Peele written and produced Candyman this spring the mgm film will be released june 12th 2020 did that come out did we see that june 12th 2020 maybe i missed i don't know i missed the horse okay so i clicked i'm on nita costa's website and i clicked Mm -hmm. on the Candyman link it took me to the trailer on youtube and the trailer says in theaters september okay yeah that didn't happen either but okay Okay, it says next year okay good uh, Good, 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 good. okay so they're probably still making it especially since covid popped up i'm sure they had to switch all they shit up um so that makes sense yeah i'm terrified um but yeah to have her second film out the gate to do a le- like a redo a fucking legendary horror film i know this film i don't even fuck with horror like that i will i don't know if i'm gonna see Candyman, y'all but just to be on the radar for jordan peele for you to like create the visuals for this like like this is a this is a legendary horror film is a big fucking deal and that means she has the chops for it so Salute you, sis. Um, she was supported by the Sundance Institute, uh, the New York Film Festival, the San Francisco Film Society, and the Time Warner Foundation. Um, I'm scared of her. She's no motherfucking joke. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see how um, Candyman comes out. Of course, again, written by Jordan Peele. She'll be directing it. I mean, everything Jordan Peele fucking touches is gold. And honestly, good for those of y'all who are on that Lovecraft country, if you did it see it go go back see it watch it i'm not even a horror sci-fi person but i'm like it was just so fucking well done it doesn't even fucking matter so yeah mia DaCosta, sis i salute you she is the nigga that you should know you will be hearing from her and 
honestly, if she's already in the pipeline for something like this major, she's gonna, mm-hmm. she's going to be working. Like she will be eating, she will be fine. She will be a household name. And so, yes, yeah, sis, I salute you. Well done. I, I pray that I can muster up enough strength to go and see the movie, um, the support. I might just, you know, if my finances change, I might just buy the ticket and not go just to make sure, you know, you get the, um, <laughs> depending on how it's released now, we don't know, you know, the theatrical, you know, how they're going to do it. So, yeah. So shout out to uh, Nia DaCosta. She is uh, the last nigga you should know. Um, yeah. And with that, that, that is the episode, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for coming on this ride with us. We hope you got something um you know, from the episode, especially to help you plan your schedule for writing. I know it helped me. So if nobody else take this advice, I know my ass is going to be like, okay, bitch, uh, time to set some, some deadlines. You can't be telling people to do all this and you're not. So come on with it. Um, yeah, we are on all the social media things. Uh, shout out to Corey doing a great job with it all. Um, Instagram at Tinseltown T, Facebook, Tinseltown T. Uh, we have a Gmail, T at gmail.com. So if you want to share some news with us, um, also hit us up in all the comments and everything. Um, also like, subscribe, follow wherever you listen. If it's Spotify, follow. Uh, if it's on Apple uh, Podcasts, please leave a comment, like, rate, do all the things. It really helps us in terms of getting our podcast with the algorithms to the top so more people can discover us and really um, get the information and the knowledge and join us on this you know screenwriting journey that we are on um yeah we have um something else coming up i will let Corey announce that because she doing a damn thing yes mm-hmm. um so we do have youtube too as well we can That's watch right. old videos and ebook i know we say it all the time but yep. definitely want you guys to really be looking out for the ebook it's going to be bomb.com um you're going to get insights about the foundations of tv writing mm-hmm. and the voices of black folks of black so i know a lot of these and the reason why this is a big deal if you don't understand why is because a lot of these screenwriting books are not written by us okay they're written by i think i can safely say that i don't think there's ever been a screenwriting book that has been written by a black woman. I think mm. I can say that. Mm. I think I may say that. I have, I've read a bunch of them, but I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen it. Right. Um, but if you, if you know one, let me know. Yeah, but sure, please. I personally have never seen it. They're usually all written by white men, which I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do have one written by a white woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's, still, she's a woman, but she's still black. So, um, as you can imagine, it's very exciting to be able to learn about the craft from people who talk like you and look like you. So we will be providing that for you guys, um, out for it. We will be announcing on Instagram, all the socials and all the teams. And thank you guys for listening. Yes. We are so excited to see that our community is growing and it will continue to grow. We also have some cool guests coming up. Yes. I think our next two episodes are going to be interviews with guests, yep. um, black guests who are black mm. creators mm-hmm. killing the game, just mm-hmm. like most of you guys are. We do have some others who listen. And that's great. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, just, just look out for that. So the interviews will be coming in the next two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, all interviews for the next two episodes. Um, yep. Yeah, I think that's it. And also, 
RP to Sean Connery, me and yes. Jesus earlier. He's not black, I know, but we stand. Okay, and he was just the finest, one of the finest, because there are a lot of fine old men. Yeah, he is yeah. the first, I think, one of the first fine old men. And I was like, dang, yeah, as a child, I was saying that truly. Um, and Judith <laughs> confirms that yeah. other women felt the same way, so I feel good now that yeah. I used to feel that way about John Connery, yeah, because yeah. he's been old since the age as long as I can remember. And I always was like, You look good, <laughs> I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Me and my mom were like, yeah. <laughs> Truly. Um, and I was 12. So <laughs> yeah. Um, RIP to him. Yes. He died at 90 years old, which is a very long life. So yes. I can't really be sad because he, he did the damn thing. Yeah. And um he died peacefully in his sleep in the Bahamas. True. So, I mean, what a way to leave the earth. Wow. I mean, I mean. what <laughs> the luxury i mean wow that is wonderful the, the luxury i mean <laughs> he probably is just partying up right now and having a grand old time True. and you know he's lived he, he did the damn thing like he, i said so i can celebrate his life at this point but mm -hmm. pray for his family and his friends and absolutely uh, he, he definitely like he's one of those those people who had a lot of fans oh, from yeah. different backgrounds yeah and so generations that, yeah he's yeah. had generations of fans and all different backgrounds so um we will pray for his family and friends because they, i'm sure they are sad but for i'm sure. sure they are happy that he i mean it wasn't anything like traumatic and he was he's very old i mean he yep. was really old and had a very long and illustrious life yep so R.P. Sean Connery, last thing I'm going to say for the day. And uh, yeah, that's our episode. Yeah, so yeah. Like you have said, on socials and make sure that you are looking out for what we got going on, coming down the pipeline. That's right. That is right. With that, we out. Thank y'all. Bye.